We're going to start learning, and this is not just about the teaching. We're going to start learning how to immediately experience the presence of God. Because there is the, a lack of awareness of God's presence. As the, as the prophetess was exhorting God, and we had some people who were with her exhorting God and praising God. But then we had others who found it difficult to express their deep passion and intense intimacy with God. I think that's intense and very passionate. Everyone experiences it because you're so passionate about it. And today, I really want to teach on the death of the power in church. The death of the power in church. The death of the power. You are the church, but you're not experiencing the power. And the church, the body of Christ, are experiencing this numbness and resistance to God because of the lack of intimacy with God. So we're going to talk about why the condition of the body of Christ remains the same. After years of hearing the engrafted word that's able to save their soul. Years. Five, 10, 15, 20 years. 30. Some of us 40, 50, 60, 70. And we've been hearing the word. The engrafted word of God that's able to save your soul. That's able to give you a sound, well-balanced mind. And still we can't seem to grasp life. The Zoe kind of life. This is not a message to stir you up because they are all the wrong messages. The ones that move you and rock you and you usually say amen to are not the messages that you need. You need to hear a message that calls you to pause and say lie and think on it. You need to start hearing a message with your ear that calls you to respect what you're hearing. You need a message that pull you out of religion and the order of man. You need a message that can pull you out of yourself once and for all. You need a message from God. We're going to be talking about the presence and the glory. Because that's why there is no power. Because 
what you think is the presence of God and or the glory of God stems from your emotions and not your knowing. We come pre, we come to hear the word already pre, precondition, preposition, out of the word. We come already deciding what we think we want to hear, and when the man of God speak it, we can't receive it because you come pre. You come preconditioned. You come pre-programmed with your own thoughts. Your own thoughts regarding the word of God, regarding who you see up front, how they're dressed, not dressed. You come pre-already programmed to have barriers in your way from receiving the engrafted word of God. I come to ask you to prepare to remove those preconditions. But to do that, I'm going to give you a little background understanding of presence and glory. Three domains of the supernatural. Faith, anointing, and the glory of God. We say these words, but we don't know what they really mean by experience. We know it by churchy words we know it by mm, the glory of God oh the glory was in the place but have you been in the glory why is your mind at the state that is in have you been in the glory of God why isn't there permanent change if you've been in the glory of God, why doesn't your life reflect the glory? But we've been in the glory. We've been singing in, in the choir. We've been on the praise team. We've been all the different positions in church. We, we've done all that. The anointing of God. Oh, he's a she's so anointed. Until you have experience in reality, the presence of God, you can't recognize the anointing nor his glory. Are we going to be schooled heavenly today? The highest of all these different domains is the glory of God. If we are not familiar with the nation of Israel, because they were the first nation to experience the glory of God. Simply interchangeable, the glory in the presence. They were the first to experience the presence of God. The glory of God is talked about over 300 times in the Old Testament, the glory. The presence of God. You get to the New Testament, which most Christians stay in, is faith. Mm -hmm. 
just talk about anointing, but don't know what that is. But we say it every now and then because it sounds good. But faith, faith to believe this, faith for that, faith, faith. That's what we talk about. That's what we are somewhat acquainted to or with. Not knowing that without being in the presence of God, I have no access to his anointing. I don't have any access, look, to his glory. Which is, in some case, his goodness. We're, we want God, but in our way, our own way. We want him for his goodness. But we don't want the presence of God. Which is his ways. Worship. We think worship is the, and it is part of the songs, the singing, your offering, your giving, that's worship. But the reason that we can't remain consistent in the ultimate concept of worship according to God is because worship is simply his presence. Worship is a passionate, intense intimacy that's in covenant with another. You're supposed to always be in the presence of God. Because you're in covenant with him. It's intense. It's passionate. It's infused with energy. Something we're passionate about. We're, oh, yeah, it's good. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's good. But the worship team, spiritual leaders, all who try to lead, look, we try to lead people in worship. Guess what? You can't do it. You can't lead them in worship. You know how you have, where you have to lead them? And to repentance. So when you're exhorting God and you have a few who are in the presence with you. And then you have the other 90% outside of the presence of God. You can't lead them there. You lead them to repentance. 
Because the presence of God, you, are, you will have to be willing to be exposed. He only fellowship with those who wants to be or desire to be transparent. Panema, panem, it means presence. It means a sacred gathering. This is, when we come to gather like this, he said this is a sacred assembly. This is a cut away from. Oh, see y'all. See, this is a cut away from what? This is a cut away from time into infinity. So it's just not a cut away from the world or the unrighteous, but it is a cut away from time itself. This is a sacred assembly. This is why the word of God says, don't forsake yourself to assemble together because this is sacred. This is a cut apart, appointed time for the righteous to experience infinity. Oh, so y'all, come on. I want to know if you're ready. Are you ready? Oh, See, this is why you're still doing what we're doing. Is it because of time? You have not been cut away. I'm way ahead of myself. This sacred assembly begins with eternity. Eternity breaking through your mortality and allowing God to be God. This is what we don't do. We come in here for this cutaway time for you to enter into infinity where there is no limit and you resist. But you say, I want, I need, but you resist. God, I need you in my marriage, but you resist. You won't enter into infinity where there is no limits. Everything's possible, but you won't enter into. You won't allow God to be God. So this here, what I'm going to do is a spiritual debriefing before I actually go into the teaching. I realize we have to do that because if not, you stay in time and I can't reach you. You are a spirit. If I don't spiritually debrief you prior to the teaching, you can't receive it. Even though you respond, your spirit man can't conceive it because you're still in time. Here is the debrief. The kingdom debrief. For God is above all things and, be and before all things. He is above all things and before all things. Alpha and Omega as you churchy know it as. 
See, if I wouldn't, he's alpha, he's omega, he's beginning, he's the end. See, this is where we get hyped at. But he is above all things and before all things. He's immortal. He's present everywhere. So everyone can know him. He's present everywhere. So everyone can know him. God is in control of everything and he rules over everything. He is the source of power and authority over, nat over nations, over kings, over, over nature, over angels, over demons. He is the source of authority. And even over Satan himself and his access to you. But that's not good enough. I'm waiting on a feeling. God holds the seasons in his hand. There's no limit to his knowledge. For he knows everything completely before it happens. He is the ultimate source of everything that exists. Only God can make this claim. This is why God is sovereign. This makes him superior to all. All other gods. Your situation is a God. Your circumstance is a God. <laughs> For this alone, he is worthy to be praised and worshipped. But that's not a reality to us. I experienced it this morning. But I got a revelation. You can't be led into his presence. You must be invited. You can't be led. Prophetess, every minister ever get up here, stop trying to lead them into the presence of God. They have to be invited. It's only by invitation that you can come into the presence of God. That was the first phase of the debrief. The second phase of the debrief is this. Infinity. We must have a consciousness of time and seasons. There is a time and season for everything, as we heard. But do we believe? What does that mean and the most simple, simplest form, one. There's a time and season for everything. You can live to be 80 years old, 103, and your life is but one. 
It's but one day. Let the Holy Spirit help you all with that because I have a lot to cover. Meaning that one day is this. This is why the psalmist speak about time and your life being a vapor. Because whether you live to be 80 or 103, when death comes, it will appear and your experience will be one day. You can't touch time. It's not tangible. The reality of it is that when you make that transition right before, it's going to feel like you've been just born. Hey, but that's not real enough to us. But you, got, you know, wait to actually get to that point, I guess. One, <clears throat> these are segments in that one day of your life, because that's all you have. You have one day to live. You have one day to live, and in that one day, you have moments. You are living your life in frames and segments. Segments of moments set by God in your life. Segments of moments. You have one day to live. The word time or times is a frame of events. Moments. So what's the true purpose of time? I ask God. Look, I ask God. I'm asking you what. What is all this? What is the purpose of time? Time is for preparation, process, and purpose. Time, your moments in your life of that one day is preparation, process, and purpose. What you should be asking is God preparing me for? process am I in? And when I'm finished, God is finished with me in this process, what will be my use? Season. Man of God is to impregnate. A season is to impregnate you. It's for you to become mature. A season is to grow you to be fit for use. Fit for use for what? To become adaptable to whatever climate you're in.
probably give you guys the rest of this later. I'm just going to give you a small amount. These seasons, I asked, I was speaking to a minister the other day and sharing with me what they were going through, what they were experiencing. I sat back and I was like, Lord God, why? What's really going on? I often ask with every moment that I am aware I try to keep myself being aware of moments in my life. Why am I going to do what I'm going to do before I do it? Lord God, why am I traveling to Arizona, Tucson? Why am, why am I going there? What's there? Why do you take me to that place? What, what, what process am I in? It's not about it's my job. It's about what process do you have me in? What are you preparing me for? And he left me with one word when I was there. Well, first of all, before I you know, pretty much got in the air, I was like, Lord, I got some questions for you. I just felt like I had questions for him. What are you doing with me? Why live your life you don't know? Look, because it's not your life. Why were you living? Wake up, everybody. Wake up or leave out. Because I'm, I'm like this. I, I spent, I got no sleep last night. You may have said, hey, you don't know what, what I did. I had to work two shifts, this and that. Yep. I did too. But I was with the Lord working on my shift. See, even if I was a secular teacher, and I even did this in, quote, unquote, children's church, you're in here to learn, and you can't do that being asleep. How can you sleep in the presence of God? Again, proves that you have not experienced being in his presence. Please tell me how in the ham sandwich can you sleep in the presence of God? I just brought it up again because, look, you have not entered into infinity. That's why you can sleep in the presence. See, you haven't got in the presence of God. That's why you can sleep. If you want your life to change, stay awake. Do you drive asleep? My body has been physically tired, and I even do this for the secular world. When I go to a seminar, guess what? Because it's my time. I'm not going to go to sleep in there, and it's not even the word. But you know what? It's my integrity because of how I love to grow and learn. I can't help but force myself to be alert and to absorb and take in and to become. You cannot become something that you don't want to become. Amen. 
wasting time in your life. Don't you really want change? Don't you want balance in your life? God said to his disciples, couldn't you just stay awake for an hour? But I know if they did it with Jesus, you're going to do it with me. Seasons. They carry the meaning of fixed. Appointed moet times. Yes, Pastor. A place or meeting pointing you towards his coming. You're going to miss his coming because you're asleep. I'm trying to point you towards his coming and hasten to all of your cries this year and a year the years before that, but being you asleep, you're going to miss him coming and answering your request. You don't know the season when God, the season, the fixed, look, his fixed time. Oh, yeah, because, see, I'm not scared of the demon that's opposing your future. And you can continue to look at me as mere man, and you're not going to receive what God has for you if you keep doing that. Oh, this is not an ordinary teacher and pastor. This is one who has truly laid down their lives. I'm not going to allow you to waste your time or my time. And I mean it, if you're that sleepy, go home and take a nap. Seasons, they point you to God's coming. Why I'm going through what I'm going through. I can't get my mind straight on this. I'm trying to make this decision. So you got to ask yourself, first of all, where am I? And where's God? Look, what is preparing me for to where he's going to take me? You should know when God speaks. First of all, you should hear him to know what he's saying to you and also where you're going. You should have a a connection of great anticipation of something great. Look, there's going to be a shift. I feel a shift happening in my life. Your only shift, when I say your only shift, it's only to who it is for. Your only shift is your emotion. It should be the shifting, look, of this season because it's the point of time that God now moves because this is his fixed time for you. But you have to know that there's only certain times that are divine and fixed by God. It doesn't come back, Pastor. It's set. It's fixed because it's designed. It's designed by God and it's divine. 
So while you're under certain conditions in your surroundings and your events and your struggles and your challenges and the people, God saying this is divine. It's a fixed appointed time. See, but you can't see it because of the struggle, the pain, distraction. He said, this is a season. This is a season, a, a climate to where the weather is going to be difficult. But it's a fixed time that what I'm, look, I'm preparing you for these conditions to strengthen you for where I'm taking you. And it's not about to still deal with those kind of people. It is now where I'm taking you to speak to those kind of people. Third phase into infinity. The question we should ask, what's the nature of my life? You really, who are you really? That life, because I said the nature, your spirit, but the nature part of you have one day. We need to be very familiar with our nature. Our nature is to resist. Then graft the word of God. That's your nature. It's your nature to get an attitude while I'm teaching. That's your nature. But it doesn't bother me. We're talking about you entering to infinity. Eternity. Get out of time. So you can experience God for real. You've heard enough word to not only, look, keep yourself. When I say keep yourself, have a sound mind, make sound decisions. Be successful. Be progressive. Not delay, not digressive. Our last phase we enter into and should be aware of is our salvation. See, all those different levels you have to experience before you hear the word. And you just saw that. The people sleep. Because it's in time. I have to get them to. See, it's a prime example that this is the teaching for this moment in your life. We have to get back to our salvation. Our salvation is really being restored to our original intent. Man was made. And then man was, the making of man was made. And then he was placed in the position of God's presence. The original intent of man was to be in the presence of God. To look back to be forever in the presence of God. 
you should always be experiencing. Matter of fact, it's just like this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your children, spouse, or whoever that you have an intimate relationship with, whether you're physically with them or not, you still carry their presence with you. One day I was, a star was probably maybe about maybe, oh man, probably about three or so. And I was taking her to daycare. And I knew I had just dropped her off. But it was crazy. I was dropping her. She felt, it felt like she was still in the car. And I looked back. See, because look, you're just that intimate with the person. Their presence is always there. If that's the case for the natural children, what about your earthly father? Is he always there? Can you sense him always there? Wow. Oh, we just, we ain't nowhere near the end. Panim. P-A-N-I-M. Means face in Hebrew. It is to turn and and or have the idea to be focused on, like the seraphim. Basically, they're all facing. Look on each side, facing. So their focus is on him, face to face. There's no see there. We get offended when a person that we don't know get in our face. You know what? It's reserved only for those who I'm intimate with. Face to face. Uh, because it, they have my full attention. Because I've turned my face to them. It simply meant that Moses was in the presence of God. He was in his face. He was focused. God was his focus. Problem is he's not our focus. Your past, your situation, your thought, your issues is your intimacy. It's a close encounter with God. Your relationship is what draws God to you. Your relationship. Not, not the other way around. Your relationship draws God to you. Not you to God. <laughs> Tell you again. Because look, it's hard to conceive it your relationship minister fee caused God to come to you your, see your intimacy with him caused him to be mindful of you you draw him to you your thoughts about him cause God to draw nigh to you Glorifying his name calls him to turn his face to you. 
you got his attention. It means to really cry out. But my relationship is a statement of a cry out to my creator. It caused him to be drawn to me. Like my husband, I use it. You can relate to the natural things. My husband would say, my wife. See, our relationship without me even saying any words, because there's a knowing of the covenant that we have, it just draws him to me. Look, not me to him, but him to me. He knows how I feel about him. He knows what I'm going through because of our intense, passionate covenant. And it draws him to me. My relationship consistently cries out. Covering I need. Oh, see, if you ever really been in love, <laughs> oh, this is a whole different thing here. So, look, you don't have to say anything, and he just knows. I'm not feeling whole today. I'm not myself, and he's been drawn to me. Our relationship minister, Mario, it's always doing a cry out when we said I, I do. It's always saying I will. Oh, got me on a whole different thing. And you don't even have to ask. It's just I will. I want to. I desire. I have to do it just because you're mine. Glory to God to be the to be the recipient of that. I can say I'm that in the natural and the spiritual. Amen. To be the recipient of that. Amen. Oh man, I'm just not. I'm. I'm at the end here. I. I have so much more. <laughs> we got 13 more minutes, somebody said. And we got, we, we got, oh, we got a ways to go. <laughs> we're going to talk about, we're going to go into deep details. Uh, not today. We're going to talk about the intimacy. We're going to talk about the resting place. We're going to talk about <laughs> seeking the presence in his name. We're going to talk about fear and we're going to talk about protection. So with the fear, protection, and the resting place and we're going to go in deep about intimacy um, later. I See, as a, as a teacher, and I'm not in passing, and we always have these little talks after we both teach. I'm not sliding him. I'm going to put that out and put a little 
footnote on it, is that as a teacher, I am, it's part of me to, I'm mindful of time because majority of people exist in time. And because I don't like my time to be wasted, I go ahead and end it. Then I also know when it comes to communication and just the capacity, capacity to actually consume the word of God, it takes a lot of energy. Because you're gonna have to get out of yourself. All the way out of yourself. And you're you have to really, really unrobe. And you're unrobing your thoughts. You're unrobing your feelings. You're unrobing religion. And you then you finally got to get all out of your your customs and your culture and all these things and your experiences. And I may just would have a chance to reach maybe five of you. Because only maybe five was willing to unroll. Unroll in the natural so you could now put on the garment of eternity to become what you're hearing. So this is why I, I'm going to end it here. Um, the presence of God. We're, we're, we're talking about why there is death or the power in the church is really no more. And that's in us. It's not the building. It's because of the lack of intimacy with God. Not the way that you've been experiencing it, but the way that he has called you to have a relationship with him. So I leave you today with, is your relationship with God lawful? Is your relationship with God lawful? Which means, is there, do you have a counterfeit covering? We're going to talk about it, the counterfeit covering. And normally that can, that easily happen when you have a counterfeit covering. Covering of spouse, covering of spiritual leaders. Which would easily make your relationship with God to be unlawful. Amen. I really pray that and grab the word that you've heard has reached your inner man, who you really are in the very beginning when God created you in his presence which that is the place that you are to permanently remain. Amen? Amen.